sometimes the <coughs> senior monks in Thailand will open up their talk with a saying, uh, just saying greetings, brothers and sisters in old age, sickness and death. It's quite um, a beautiful greeting, uh, a reflection, because it's, uh, I think it's something that we often forget about ourselves and we also forget about uh, other people, that essentially all of us are related um, based on those, those three categories. There isn't uh, any one of us that um, will in some way or another uh, not age or sicken or die. And um, I guess there's a small possibility that someone could be born and, and die so quickly they won't actually experience sickness. Um, but we could say their death would, would probably likely be the result of, of that, um, but possibly not. Either way, for most of us that, that live uh, some time on, on this planet, uh, we all experience that. And my own, um, you know, what I take from this often is, is uh, in my mind how this arises is, is just the very typical uh, sense that, you know, it shouldn't be this way. You know, it's, or this isn't right, or when you know, for example, with sickness, when I get when I get better, uh, this isn't normal for the body to feel like this. And so today um, we had a somewhat of a memorial meal blessing meal offering for uh, a friend of the monastery who's been uh, offering. Donna here and practicing for uh, several decades, and uh, this was Cassidy, and it was quite uh, quite beautiful to to talk about um, her life, or celebrate her life in a way, and talk about the goodness of it, but also just the the meaning of 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 death and the meaning of the the end of life, uh, how to take that in. And we just heard um, a dedication for um, Julia's mom, who just passed away, <clears throat> and uh, who Jeff had, had said had led quite a, a good and uh, fruitful life. And she died um, of cancer, fourth stage cancer. And it's um, you know it's it's very as well as sorry as well as uh, Ying's uh, grandmother who died three weeks ago. So these are you know these are things that we sometimes will will say uh, you know dedicating merit to them or blessings or chants, and we continue that in our minds. We we try to bring them to mind or our own friends and relatives as well. And uh, I'm not sure how uh, that reaches 
those who are listening, but it's, um, it's not a comfortable endeavor for myself, just bringing in that notion of death, because it, it, it brings up that, that sense of the, the very poignant teaching the Buddha says that all that is mine, beloved, and pleasing will become otherwise, will become separated from me. And that includes our own bodies. And so most of us, uh, it would be hard to understand how anyone uh, listening would say they have not in some way or form been touched by death, human death. There has been some experience that they've had of losing uh, someone in their life. And yet the, the reflection um, that comes to mind when, when this reminder comes around, whether it's very personal for us in our own life or, or we just have these requests for chanting, we think of others um, who we know who, or, uh, or we have heard of, we haven't met. Uh, you know, my own sense is there's some, sometimes a pushing away, like, oh, right, because there I am, I'm, I'm also going to face this. I'm also going to deal with this uh, factor in life. And as Lumpur was talking about today, uh, in terms of it, it's, you know, it's a fear can arise because it's an, it's an unknown uh, experience for us. Unless we have uh, remembered um, from a past life our own deaths or death, or um, for very rarely those who've actually gone through a, like a near-death experience. Otherwise, there isn't, there isn't much knowledge of, of what, uh, what we can experience. It's, it's hard to imagine. It's hard to get a sense of it. And it's always bound by uh, our pre preconceptions, our um, our beliefs, our, our own uh, sense of it, we, we can't quite um, get a grasp on it because um, it's always something in the future. It's always some sankara that we've created for ourselves when we try to conceive of death. It is that very conceiving um, that is a construction. So that's, that's why the Buddha had so many means of, of trying to help us um, at, le at least be uh, very acquainted with it. And um, if not just for our, our own dealing with our uh, loved ones or our friends or, or those we know or those we don't know, it, it, it as well is uh, so helpful for us to be acquainted with it for our, our own um, understanding the end of our life which, as, as we all know, can take form at any, any point. And the, uh, the, the thing that, that tends to be hard and what, and what I can uh, really understand as people talk about this is that as we begin to, to age, um, 
we start to see more clearly uh, that we're losing certain aspects of that which we, we might be accustomed to, to thinking that it, it might last forever, you know. Our faculties, our memories, our physical bodies working um, quite easily and well, uh, even uh, the, the natural uh, healing abilities that our bodies have slow down. We might uh, become more sick as we age. Our bones, uh, our joints, things begin to ache a little bit more. But the uh, as what what I was talking about with uh, Ken today, actually, who was on, on Amshrand, is um, he and, and Bernie. Bernie uh, is another uh, is his wife, Ken's wife, and. Um, and so they, they were sitting with us and, and talking a bit about, about aging. And, um, and so Bernie's had some pretty strong back problems and, um, and Ken, Ken has had a stroke. But Ken was relating to the fact that he doesn't, he says he doesn't quite feel so different than he did at 25. He just hasn't, in terms of energy, um, the energy is still there, it hasn't really wavered. And so we were, we were talking about that as well, that we, um, sometimes there's a point, I've recently talked to, to some, uh, some people who are in their 70s, they said they just hit a point where they're just, the energy is dropped. It just wasn't there anymore and, and there wasn't anything that could be done to, to rectify that. It was just sort of seemed to be a natural aspect of um, hitting a, a certain bodily age. And so while we live with all these things and um, or, or for some of us uh, this just hasn't kind of entered the picture for ourselves or maybe we're ignoring it, we're not seeing it clearly, um, we sometimes uh, miss uh, opportunities so much to, to become very intimately acquainted with uh, our bodies as changing forms so that we can uh, really lose, essentially, um, to a certain point, lose this, this fear of dying. And that comes from uh, another thing that uh, was spoken about today was this ability to let go and um, you know, the, the hardest part about uh, letting go of, of our sense of health in the body is that um, we so much identify with our bodies as providing us with uh, goodness and pleasure and, uh, you know, our own sense of our uh, energy and vitality. And um, I would say this is, for me, in, in terms of my own since of practice, one of the things that uh, I can see very much as a uh, extremely strong attachment, and that's something that uh, I, I understand, you know, for, from from this attachment, why it is so important to begin to let go, uh, to begin to let go of the body in, in these particular ways, uh, the sense that I identify with um, with this body as mine.
as some uh, permanent and unchanging uh, aspect of myself. And Lumpur also pointed out today that um, we, we, when we talk about letting go, we often talk about letting go as, as a means of like getting rid of. So I have to let go of this attachment. I just wish that I didn't have it anymore. So I'm just going to get rid of it. And that that's not, that's not exactly what, uh, or that's not what the Buddha really meant at all, you know. Letting go comes from real understanding. It comes from uh, a sense of giving up. So it's it's uh, there's there's renunciation in there. Um, there's understanding of what it is that uh, we need to let go of. Why it's important for us to let go of it. What is what is there for us that would be you know beneficial. And it's really this this craving that we're seeing as something that is uh, really hampering our spiritual progress. And often we don't want to give up that craving, craving for our own bodies, our own existence. So the Buddha time and time again, over and over again, I mean, in so many of, of, of his teachings, this is what he's pointing to, our, our identification with this uh, physical form, our identification with what we've been speaking about um, this week, which are the, the khandhas, the sense of the, the form or the contact, the experience of contact, the experience of uh, pleasant or unpleasant feeling um, or neutral feeling, and then our, our perceptions that come up, there's this sort of sense, this, this uh, impressions we get from our senses of just like sort of what something is. But then our minds move from that uh, into what are called sankharas and, and that's really this, our, our sort of complex makeup of, of thought and construct and belief uh, our own understandings, our views, all this uh, comes up in the realm of sankharas, even emotions. These are all uh, concocted and uh, created forms. And we identify with all of them. And when we, as we, as we know these things, this is consciousness that's added, and we keep uh, continuing to to think of them as this is mine, these are my thoughts, my feelings, my experiences. And they can't be anybody else's; it must be mine. And we under we misunderstand that mine, what that mine is, that I, that self. But we keep concocting it. We keep creating it conceiving it over and over again. And so that this is really where our, our strength of identity, um, our unwillingness to let go, our tenacity to this form comes from, and our very strong aversion towards death, 
uh, lies. So, one of the um, one of the essentially the the process by which the Buddha encourages us to really investigate this is is by breaking up uh, this continuity of of how we understand and identify um, our bodies, ourselves, as, uh, as sort of having a permanent form. And he does this in so many ways. I mean, even just talking about the khandhas and examining the khandhas is a way breaking up that experience, trying not to identify with it, seeing it um, so clearly. As our experience is just a, a sense of these, of these five uh, aggregates put together. And the Buddha has all sorts of, of other techniques which he suggests. Um, you know, that is like, like corpse contemplation. And uh, the Buddha will, will this isn't just a, um, a practice for, for monastics. This is for everyone so that, um, again, this acquaintance towards uh, death is, is very um, possible for us. And so it's not, it's not to create a, a morbid um, sense of, of what life is. It's to create a real sense of, of what life is so that it becomes normal. It's not something that we, um, we hide from or that is hidden from us. And so it, it's probably obvious, very obvious to most people that, uh, who are listening to this that this is just a, uh, the, the idea of death and the, the body um, coming to an end is, is just so much, uh, it's just a hidden uh, experience for us. It's, it's hard to find it. Or if it is found, it's, it's found in popular culture through things like um, horror, uh, like a, a horror show or a horror movie. Or, um, or in a form of like a, a crime show or something. And, uh, and it's, you know, there, there's a shock value of it. But there's, there's also within this just a, a sense, oh, right, this isn't, this isn't me. This isn't about me. This is somebody else. I don't know if I've ever seen anything... Uh, I'm sure there's been something, but you know, in, in popular culture where somebody's somebody's uh, you know kind of involved in death some way, and then they come to a, a real uh, breakthrough or understanding or questioning in that way, it's very rare because it's un, it's uncomfortable, and and we we want pleasure in uh, in what it is that we're we're experiencing from the world, so it's something that's just not pointed out. And, and age, of course, is, this, is the same way. We just, we rarely see uh, aging bodies. I think recently there's been, um, you know, some like exercise features or, or health things where they, they show um, very old men and women who have incredible musculature and uh, it's very strange to see. 
and even though it's possible, it's sort of it's sort of brought up as an image of of like, see, you know, you're not you're not going to die. You can just keep being incredibly strong and healthy in your old age. But of course, even those people die. So when the when the Buddha suggests that we do something like uh, corpse contemplation, that's not uh, that's not a morbid affair. If if we're thinking of like thinking of like a a fascination with morbidity, but it's more uh, so we can understand uh, and become, as I've said, like intimately acquainted with death. So as it as it as we continue to age, it becomes a part of us that uh, we're not really afraid of, but we're more, as Lumpur Sumedho often talks about, we're very interested in the process. It becomes uh, interesting in and of itself, something to study, uh, to be um, like kind of looked at uh, from a sense of Dhamma fascination. You know, to kind of investigate the truth of the Buddha's teaching. So he suggests uh, that we, we imagine um, what happens to a body as it, as it goes through the death cycle. And we, we do so with our own bodies. We imagine our own bodies in that cycle. You can imagine it now, right, right now. It's a bit hard for us because, you know, many of us haven't, or most of us just haven't died uh, yet in this lifetime. So how do, you, how do you bring it up? How do you figure it out? But the Buddha, he does bring up imagery. He suggests what corpses look like, how they go through the process of, uh, of death. Death is not a, a stagnant uh, process. It's something that uh, occurs over time. While consciousness might leave the body, uh, the death, or the, the slow um, form of the body moving into disintegration, it takes a while. It takes a bit of time to, to begin to bloat and rot. It takes some time for then insects to take over the body, vermin, animals to eat the body. And then eventually the, the skin and the organs, they either rot or they're, they're eaten. And then all that's left is like flesh on, on bones with uh, sinews. And the Buddha talks about how after that the, the muscles go away, but still there's, there's still some, some blood and sinews left. Until uh, eventually the skeleton is no longer held together by um, tendons and ligaments. Even those have gone away. And then the blood fades, the bones are white. And eventually they're scattered. But even then it takes a while for the bones to turn to dust. I remember a Dhamma talk, uh, or several Dhamma talks, where Lumpur has kind of gleefully stated 
Yeah, there's definitely one thing for certain. There's one thing you can really count on, and that's that all of us are just going to be completely blown into cosmic dust. We can be assured of that. We can be absolutely assured of that. And another thing that's helpful in this contemplation is, is to kind of have a sense of also death around you know, when you're, when you're going to die, how you're going to die. And so these kind of contemplations can help. You know, the Ajanachalo has a, um, he does several contemplations where he, he brings th people through um, their own death experience. You know, one image is, uh, or one uh, story kind of uh, brings people through is, is dying on a plane, and there's a violent death. Um, another is more common, just, just dying in old age. Dying of cancer, heart attack. And if this is if this is uncomfortable uh, speaking about these things, then um, as as I would expect it it might be, um, then that's all the more evidence of the need to try to learn as much as we can uh, about our own conceptions of death, our own attachments to our body, so that when that, when that occurs for us, either through our, our loved ones or ourselves, uh, we're, we're very prepared for that. Metika's uh, death, uh, being part of her death, um, was it's just it was a very powerful, very powerful experience. And uh, yeah, she she uh, she was I was, I was so um, just inspired by seeing her uh, go through this because she she just she wasn't really complaining about it in any way. Even when it became very, very difficult in the end, and uh, that was similarly how uh, people were talking about uh, Cassidy today. I was, uh, I had a, um, I guess I'd call it a flu or something about. Uh, five days ago, and I just woke up and I felt really sick, really kind of, just the whole body was achy, and um, just woke up in the morning, and I really, I think, uh, I'm not sure how many of you can have this in common, but it's just like, oh, I don't, I don't want to do anything, I just want to get through this, and uh, it was really hard to, to motivate myself to, to sit or do anything, just would rather lie in bed. And, and what kept coming up is like, this will be over soon, or um, hopefully this won't last long. And there was quite a resistance to learning from 
that painful experience. And then on top of it, uh, in the, later in the day and into the evening, um, I had a, a, a thing that occurs to me, which is like some sort of, it's like kind of a um, severe allergy attack, uh, but it's like a, it happens like once every six months, and it's just incredibly painful. The chest uh, closes up, and and uh, again, it just it just kept there kept on being this feeling of it's this I'll get, I'll get through this I'll get over it, and it's just so painful, and it only lasts about two and a half hours, three hours. So I would look at my clock and just think, okay, hour and a half left, I'll be fine. And it was you know it was that one was actually quite painful. And so over and over this, uh, this experience occurred where I, I kept thinking, but, but this is just like what dying will be like, that, or, or might be like, I mean, it's not for sure, but um, being with those who have, who have died, it's, uh, it's not usually a comfortable affair. It's not uh, usually a pleasant affair. And so I was reflecting during that time, you know, like, wow, like, how is it possible to really stabilize the mind through this, this pain? Because it is such a strong habit to think, okay, when this, when this is over, when this is through, it won't, you know, it won't be like this for long. And uh, one, of the, one of the statements today about um, one of the people who was dying is, why is it taking so long? I think that was uh, something both, yeah, both Cassidy and Metika mentioned. And expected to take so long to die. And the the irony with with all of this is that we just we it's so easy to lose a sense of this or to distract ourselves. And just continually forget that we're, we're all going to be facing this uh, and at, you know at any at any time can get that diagnosis tomorrow you actually in four, have fourth stage cancer So the amazing thing for me uh, is just dealing with, with this um, tendency f towards distraction from this, the reality of this uh, experience, the reality of this happening. And I can say that it is the reason I became a monk. It's the reason that I w wished to dedicate my life to the Buddhist teachings was my own sense of uh, fear around death. There isn't any one thing that I can pinpoint as um, high up on my list as that. That one definitely takes a cake.
and so there's, you know, I can, I can see that there is, you know, there's dukkha around it. And yet the mind, you know, has its ways to, to just, even though that's, you know, that's present, it's there, there's a, there's a real uh, sense of, okay, yeah, this is, this is something that is, is very real. It doesn't, you know, it, it, it just disappears so easily. It like, it's like um, slipping through a, a, a grasp, like a, a weak muscle and not being able to kind of hold on to something. That perception, that clarity, um, memory, or bringing forth of, of the, you know, just the inevitability of, of death. And so today I was, I was just reminded of uh, the importance of that and um, how, how easy it is to um, get lost in, in all kinds of things. Right now I'm um, not uh, without complaint around the, something that essentially I'm, I'm, I've volunteered for and, and I'm um, putting myself... Uh, through and that and that's a going through a building process uh, to build to replace four of the cabins here the kutis that we have and I can just see that the the mind can get quite absorbed in the details and the, uh, are worried about them and it just something like death is just it's out just out the door something like sickness just get it over with it'll pass. And there is intentionality there. Something uh, that I can become absorbed in that is distracting, therefore leads to not having to deal with something that um, is unpleasant, like really having a deep understanding of, of death. Being acquainted with it. And there's such irony there, isn't there? There's sort of like, oh, that was the purpose of being a monk. Well, how can that, how can that slip through? Just because of, of craving, craving and delusion continue to operate. And there is that sense of uh, just, you know, yeah, I guess it's like, I'd rather not. I'd rather not. And each of us has, uh, it might not be something like uh, death, although I'd, I'd find it hard to believe that, uh, that someone would, would uh, be able to really say that there's just nothing there for them for death. They don't, there's no fear, there's no relationship, they, they don't, they're fine, they don't care, you die tomorrow. It's possible, but um, for somebody who's, who's not well-practiced, I, I, I'd find it uh, hard to believe. But, but uh, we all have different things that we're, we're dealing with, different things that become difficult for us. And so I think that for me it has been helpful to, to just highlight this in, in my own practice and to try to continue to be aware of... Um, 
of these elements that I'm talking about, this, this sense of how, how easy it is to cling to the body and um, to not want things to change or fade. And this is especially true for, for those we, we love, our, those of us who have not yet lost uh, their parents or a parent. Uh, and so the, the, it's very, very helpful to, to see that, that resistance if it's there. Resistance to the study of death, the understanding of death. Because if we identify that, then we say, okay, yes, there's something that needs to be worked on. And then that, that kind of sense of inspiration, uh, aspiration can occur for, uh, for us in terms of like, what, what would it mean to, to die a good death? What would it mean to be well prepared? I mean, if I, if I ask you what the experience might be like if you are on a deathbed and you have no fear, wouldn't that be amazing? No fear about what are people going to do after you die? What's going to happen to them? No fear about your own sense of uh, losing a body. Even uh, that strong sense of aversion to the, the pain that might be involved in that, that loss. The physical pain, the mental pain. That aversion gone, and how, uh, yeah, how that that an aspiration for that I think is uh, is quite important. It's quite helpful. But I think I do believe in my own experience that it it comes with a lot of work. Uh, a lot of effort in the direction of really uh, facing uh, those deep fears that we have or the, our, our own attachments to the body. When lust is very strong, when we have lust for others, it's often, it's often very intertwined with our own bodies or completely intertwined. We have lust for our own bodies. How they look, how young they are, how they appear. How to make them better, better looking, And it all comes down to this, this sense of, of I am. This is me. 
So we're trying to, uh, again, not, not become fascinated with death in, this, in what people would call a, a morbid quality, um, like obsessed or um, thinking about it in a way that really isn't, isn't uh, helping us learn, but more the, the fascination is with, with real understanding and clarity so that we're, we're really making um, an effort in, in wiping away delusion, in being able to see our, our beliefs around permanence, our uh, perceptions around it, our aversion around uh, sickness and aging, loss of the body, to just to begin to see that clearly, to say, oh, aha, there it is. It's right there. Like a, a detective finding a clue. And when we, you know, when we, when we really get that, when there's a real sense of it, then it's, there is a, a, a liberative quality to it. We do have a sense of freedom that arises because we become less bound to our attachments and our, our craving begins to, to, to die off, to die away. And so the dukkha um, is something that we are less bound to. Tonight, uh, some of the monks asked if, uh, instead of midnight tea, it could be a, um, a suba video, so a video of a, an autopsy. And so there'll be a visual experience of this, a visual experience of a body that is no longer living and is being seen and, and understood. So we can have, in, in that, that understanding and perception of, right, this is like what it might be like for my own body to go through an autopsy. So I hope that will uh, provoke some, some wisdom and clarity tonight, uh, more understanding and less, less distance um, from this, this sense uh, that we have of, uh, of, of death and dying. And uh, I'll offer that some, for some uh, words of reflection tonight.